0: All right, boys and girls, welcome to No Bullshit Podcast. I have uh, something set up for you guys today, and it's something I've been thinking about. I've been talking to my team uh, for a while is I I actually want to start incorporating um, people who are on my team inside the New Era Barbering uh, on this podcast because, you know, a lot of you know, uh, my team members have been helping barbers, have learned the barber industry, kind of know the ins and outs from an objective view. Yes, they weren't barbers, but they kind of see it from an objective view and kind of see how the market is overall. What, maybe what are the weak points? What are some strong points? Where do we need to improve things at overall? And I think it's a, a really good thing to bring in like another perspective, right? It, it's one thing to have a perspective of a barber, but have a perspective of somebody who's helping barbers scale up. I think it's very important. So today, uh, I got my, my main guy, Rohit, on here. Now, Rohit's been uh, in, working inside the company for, I think, what, the last six months, correct? Yep. Um, yeah. Six months? Cool. Yeah. So, like, Rohit's, uh, Rohit's been the company. He's now, like, helping uh, in terms of leadership and training up uh, new team members. He has, like, a very great understanding of, like, where barbers are at. He's, of course, dove into, like, every single one of my content, looked at everything in terms of I, what I've done, what other barbers are preaching as well, too. And I think he, like, whenever I have a question um, about something or about, like, you know, what's kind of going on or what he's seeing in the market overall, I always go to Rohit and ask him like these questions. And I think it's very vital, at least I like, kind of bring this expertise on. Um, honestly, like we kind of have kind of a plan of like doing this every biweekly um, to have Rohit come on and like we'll kind of discuss some topics and kind of give, give his uh, two cents on things and also ask questions that are like a little bit um, maybe I missed on some podcasts as well, too. So, I mean, Rohit, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, you know, kind of give a little background on yourself, maybe where, where where like your upbringing and then also like just so far, you know, what have you learned being an outsider coming into the barber industry in the last 6 months?
1: Um, so hi. I'm Rohit and can you pause? Should... No, nah, keep we're gonna We're going
0: to run this, man. We're going to keep it uh, running. I, <laughs> I just did, have we, one we question. It, so,
1: I wasn't sure about the introduction. Otherwise, I would have been like a little prepared. Um, so regarding introduction, what exactly uh, should I speak about? Like, uh, I'm from India. Well, this,
0: this is all going on the podcast. We're just going to run this live. So, like, it's just like, look, like, run it however um, – like of course, Rohit's not, not too uh, in-depth with, like, podcasts. He's, I also had to, like, kind of, like, talk him up to do this thing. But overall, man, like, like just kind of give him your background overall. Like, maybe, like, like uh, overall, like, what you did prior to this. Um, your experience. I know Mm -hmm. you had like a lot of um, experience in like production and marketing prior for like uh, uh, sets and stuff like that. Kind of just give your expertise on that. And then kind of like overall, like again, to maybe what you've learned coming in the barber industry so far.
1: Okay. So um, prior to this, I had about a decade of experience in the filmmaking, um, especially in production and producing ad films uh, extensively. So After that, I decided to take a career change and decided to get into full-time sales and marketing. And that's when I joined Daniel. Uh, And this is my first uh, business model that I've been working as a sales and marketer. So, uh, well, uh, it's an interesting field. And I thought that I had no clue about, like, how will I get accustomed to this particular field? Because I don't have any prior experience as a barber. So learning about this field has been completely like interesting because um, like how Daniel puts it across that, you know, uh, barbers often tend to think like uh, a client or a consumer, but not, uh, but not as a businessman per se. So when I came across Daniel's content and I was basically following through his content, uh, what I understood uh, from his perspective and also then directly dealing with the barbers, what I understood was barbers do lack the business mentality because they sort of like forget with the struggles and uh, the OG mentality uh, that's called uh, Where when it comes to like just prioritizing their clients, not their business or how to run their business. All they think about is like mainly perfecting their craft and giving the best customer service but when it comes to like what about running your business so that comes down to according to them that you know they need to just work on their skill set and give the one of the best experiences that their client can have but uh, most barbers that we come across are not doing well in their business because they tend to focus on the wrong things which is not bad which is basically part of their profession but as a business, that's, that's that merely plays a role because if you're not focusing on the business and what is essential for your business, then um, your business won't be as successful as uh, a barber is at least like striving to make their business, hopefully, you know? Hopefully
0: at least, you know, because obviously yeah, we, we, we realize a lot of barbers are not like trying to strive for like big goals. I, I think when you say the yep. business as well too, like, um, I, I think it kind of like, I, I want to give a clarity point. Like when you talk about the business, I think a lot of barbers think like, oh man, like cutting hair business, like conversation business and but we kind of take it as like No, you have to learn how to market, convert on new clients, simplify the business model, improve the business over an extended period of time. Understand when you raise prices up, like again, to the business kind of changes, you're dealing with a new market, understanding finances, understanding how to keep more money. Mm -hmm. What does that kind of entail to you? And like, where do you see like the biggest, I know that's a lot right there, but if you could pinpoint like maybe one or two things you feel like is the biggest lack for barbers at this moment in time uh, on the business sense. Oh, like
1: I think on the business sense, what they basically, I mean, See, at the end of the day, Daniel, it comes down to like, um, if you focus on like in this particular direction, then you're going to achieve what this particular direction will uh, take you, right? So when it comes to business, they mostly focus on client service and um, how to give the best experience and a cut, you know, like the, the perfection. They, uh, they think like, you know, working on this skill set will actually help them, bring more business, but how would the clients come to know whether they exist or not in the first place if they're just focusing on working on their skill set, right? So when any young barber end up mentioning that, you know, they struggle to get clients in their business, even though they've been focusing really well on like their skill set. So the answer to that is how do they know whether your skill set is good or not? Like if you're not actually focusing on marketing, if you're not spreading your name out in the market and letting them know that you actually exist in the first place. So yeah, I mean, these are the two things that I feel like they focus, they tend to focus more on when, whereas they are supposed to focus on something else completely.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think to add that too, like a lot of barbers like get to like, we're not, like, I think what sometimes our message with the new era kind of gets muddied up is like, we don't mean don't have a good service. Like don't do a shitty haircut, like have a competent skill set. but like from a really good haircut to a phenomenal haircut, you're really not going to get that much pool of, like that's not going to convert clients. Marketing is what convert marketing isn't what converts clients, but it gets your work in front of clients. And then it's what you do with that marketing that then converts that client. And I think that's also another thing that I'm seeing in the marketplace is even though we're saying marketing people are like oh i need to like go out and do you heard it before, I go out to like social events or go out to bars. That's me marketing. I'm like doing ground and pounds. Like, yeah, but how efficient is that at converting clients? And especially you want to think long-term on it. How efficient is that going to be when you're at 100, 200 bucks? If that's what you want to get to, or even again, if you're at 30 bucks, let's say you just want to get to 75, how efficient is that going to be? How many more hands are you going to to shake? Because at that point in time, it becomes a numbers game. And if you have to do more numbers for the same amount of volume, you're like literally in my opinion, wasting time. Uh, doing that model versus again, too, if we're on social media, if we're able to market our business again, it's like a five minute relationship. We can get a million people reached a million people. see. you can't even like shake a million people's hand in five minutes. Like it's impossible. Right? So it's like, if we can crack this thing, that's like really like the, the code in my opinion. And again, too, if people want that business, that growth, you probably wanted to go away from like what traditional barber models have left us to, I guess the results that we get in our business, which is getting to kind of stuck plateaued, not really being able to charge more, being afraid to charge more, right? Being able to be only the mindset of being booked out so you can stay safe. It's like yeah. these things have do work. But again, too, if you want to get to the next level, or if you want to get grow beyond that, these things also have like a, like a plateau where they kind of have a limit and, unless you want to like be slave mm-hmm. behind the chair. Um, yeah, man, I, I guess, like, for you, I know you brought some questions and, like, talking points as well, too. What I think would be, like, really interesting is, like, again, too, like, whatever talking point you want to bring up, like, let's go and, like, knock out a few. We'll only go for, like, 30 minutes because, like, I, I know Rohit's very busy and we've got a couple meetings we got to go to after. But we're going to do these every bi-weekly, so whatever we don't get to, we'll push to the next one uh, overall. But I guess for you, like, wh- what are some things that, like, you want to, like, I guess start with on here that we can discuss?
1: Absolutely. I think the first one that comes to my mind is when uh, young barbers, especially like, um, see, if you go to see, I think, I don't know if uh, barbers out there know this, but um, your business model could actually uh, be applied on any particular field, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like whenever I come across barbers and I have a word with them, the first thing that they end up asking is like, you know, why does Daniel want to help? us barbers, you know, and you could have easily like put this, fit this business model to any other field, but you opted for barbering and really like, oh, why do you think like you went for that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple ways I can answer this. I think the first way, like, obviously to answer, like, yes, like, th- at the core root of what we do, we just show how, how an individual who runs a business can market their services on social media to generate new clients and then also scale that up. So, yes, that can be in, like, fucking, I mean, I have people reach out to me for, for tattooing, personal training. It doesn't mean, like, I'm not going to take those people on because I don't know the businesses. Like, I think that would be very poor of me to do because I don't know the landscape of that. To to answer, like, first of all, I know barbering because I was a barber. So I understand the struggles. I understand, like, the ins and outs. I understand also, like, the flaws and, like, where things need to be improved at. I don't understand that in other markets. And I'm not going to go into something that I have no clue doing and trying to help another industry that, like, again, is going to take me a while to learn. Whereas I've just kind of, like, I mean, I spent, like, man, I mean, I, I got into barbering in 2012. So I spent over 11 years just focusing on this thing, right? So it's like 11 years Mm -hmm. of focus or go off into something else. Like it doesn't make sense that way. Right. That's like kind of like the, the logical response in in the first place. Why barbers? Mm -hmm. I think like the, the deeper response for me, man is like, I I talk about it a lot. Like, you know, for me, I, I mean, of course I was a barber and I, I ran this traditional model uh, because I thought it was like, that's all I was getting preached about. Like, Oh, like come in early, stay late, pass out business cards, Mm -hmm. get booked out, you know, keep prices reasonable. And, Dude, I was fucking, I was so depressed, right? Like I was making, I was charging 20 bucks a cut, 16, 20 bucks, making about two to three K a month. I was working so hard and I was so depressed and I almost like lost, I, I lost like a lot of hope in life, right? It, if life became very dull, I'm like, is this all my life's going to be about? And I got into a very dark hole. Um, because again, to all I could think about, was like, fuck, the only way I can make more money is if I work harder. I, I'm really like working myself to the bone right now. Even at two, three, four k a month, I can't even fucking buy a home or like support a family or do things I want to in the future or support even my mom. Can't even support myself at this point, right? Like this, this is kind of sad, and I I really lost hope. And I, I was kind of just um, not that I was like giving up on life, but I was like I'm I just completely fucked my life up, and I kind of just like was kind of in this victim mindset, and I was very um, hard on myself. And it felt very lonely because I felt like I looked at every other barber who was okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, something must be wrong with me. Like, you know, because like, like, like they're, they have the same business, but they're happy. Why, am I, why right. do I feel depressed? Why do I feel sad? And, and really for me, it was, I, I, it was because it didn't align with who I am naturally, right? Who I am naturally is somebody who wants to strive for more. I want to see how great I can be. I want to push something to its max level. I need to have a mission. Some people aren't like that. And I think for me, when I, like, I found the most joy in life, right? Not from just, like, cutting, not cutting hair. Like, I talk about this a lot, and I think people misconstrue it all the time. Like, oh, I hated being a barber and hated cutting hair. I just loved growing the business more than I liked cutting hair. Cutting hair to me was like, okay, this is cool. Right, but doing it for twelve hours a day, I'd rather like do something that's growing the business long term that I can see the results for because that was fun. It was like when I was growing up, dude, I I mean, I don't know about yourself, I used to play with Legos. Right? I love building things. Like so I love playing with Legos, just make like getting even just putting together sets, but like having all the random pieces and putting making something new every day. And so to me it brought back that joy, that kiddish feeling, where it wasn't like that that monotonous feeling every single day. And I think for myself, I know like again too, if I have a skill set And being able to generate more clients, helping barbers understand how to scale their business and push their business forward and actually get them that result. I know for me, I will be doing a lot of people a disservice because I can't just be the only one who felt that way. And I think it's almost like like my responsibility at that point in time to be able to help people who don't want that same life. Because at the end of the day, I felt so lonely because there was nothing else for me. Nobody else was. I had had to go ahead and like build this on my own and figure it out and push, and that brought me a lot of joy. And I think a lot of people can get themselves out of like whatever mental rut they're in or low space by applying themselves to a business model like growing the business what we have versus staying like complacent. And I think there's a lot of barbers, especially in today's game, who just don't want that life. They enjoy the craft. They got into it because they love cutting hair. But at some point in time, the love is lost from, like, this traditional model and restrictions. And some people just don't yeah. – I'm a person – I just hate having restrictions on my life. I'm a very free-flowing person. I think there's a lot of barbers out there like that nowadays. So in in in, in a longer, deeper sense, that's kind of my answer. Logical sense, it's mm-hmm. like I can I can provide more value to barbers than I can anybody else.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, that makes total sense. Uh, so – and and this question is sort of like related to this um the reason why i asked this is because like occasionally from time to time you mention this in your content and Mm. that you don't like to be called as a barber but a businessman so what's the difference like when you say it from your perspective sure
0: yeah i i think i mean again too i think a lot of people like especially like people who are like, they, like it's probably people who have like barber tattoos all over their face and shit. They were just married to the game. Like, Oh wow. Why, why do you hate being a barber? Like I just, it's not that I hate being a barber. I hate the mentality that like the OG or like typical barber has, which is like staying complacent, not pushing, not striving for big goals. I, and, and it's not even like barbers in general. It's just like that mentality of any person, right? It can be in any, mm-hmm. any, any area or field. But like when I came to the barber industry, that's all I saw was just people who were complacent in life. They were okay. They, they, they don't mind making like a cool 4K a month. And then every Friday, Saturday night, going out and blowing all their money on drinks and kind of just like living in this like hamster wheel of like never really making progress. They're working really hard, but they're never really making progress in the bank account or in their life. They're kind of staying in the same place. And I hate that feeling. Um, so for me, like a businessman is somebody again too who wants to see and push themselves to the next level. they want to kind of find solve problems they enjoy going ahead and like building things again too, coming from my Lego background, I love building things right, right? Um, like even even when I used to play video games man i didn't i didn 't really enjoy playing like the call of duties I, I enjoyed playing mm. like I didn't even really enjoy playing, like, the Maddens or the sports games, like, to play the game. I like playing it for franchise mode. And what I did in franchise mode was, like, I took the worst teams, and I would, like, redraft, kind of make trades and stuff like that, and I would do all, like, these simulation stuff. So I always enjoyed, like, building things up from the bottom um, rather than just, like, again, to kind of sit. Like, I think most people, what they do is they pick their favorite team and they just play. Like, I hate the the actual gameplay thing. So I think it's just something that's Mm -hmm. always been inside me. Um, And, again, too, it's it's not that I hated, like – it's not that I, I don't hate barbers. I hate the mentality that like the majority have, and it's just like again, it's it's kind of just again, too, I'm very brash when when I'm very blunt. So, and again, to, I think a lot of people have to understand when I'm making a piece of content on Instagram, I only got like 90 seconds. Like that answer took me right. way longer than 90 seconds. So I kind of have to compress it down to like a little bit shorter. So sometimes yeah. I can understand why things get blown out. Like people take it the wrong way, but it's like, yo, I only have so much time to get a message out. And it's like, that's why I enjoy yeah. platforms like this overall, so.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, that makes total sense because in 90 seconds, right, of, uh, Although I understand your point because obviously that I'm working with you, but I feel like, you know, most young barbers or even barbers who are listening to it, and this is not specifically like targeted to like everybody, right? These are like those selective selective people who have untapped potential and yeah. those are the people that you're basically targeting, right? Like to call yeah. them and call them out and basically like, Hey, you gotta put the work in yeah, now, this, right? So
0: to me, this is like any age like, like I, I hate when people are like oh he 's just starting young bar it's like no like overall like we have guys like we work with who are like my age in the 30s who have done the traditional barber like model for like ten years absolutely hate it and don't want to continue on because they haven 't made progress right and we also get the, the younger guys who are in barber school just coming out because they see exactly like what i 'm saying and they don't want that we get the guys who are again too, like in the 30s 40s again too like who just don 't want to run that model to, to me it's just like what we try to help is people who want to level themselves up and not stay complacent or have that limit on themselves. I like people who just are thinking audacious and want more. And I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know me, I don't really get along with people who just like stay comfortable. Again, that's fine yeah. if you're comfortable, but like me, I'm always like, let's do more, let's do more. I'm not like, I'm not like somebody yep. who just wants to chill. So it's like there's very different energies when it comes to that. So, uh,
1: no, uh, This is uh, something that, let's say, like every young barber that we speak with, especially the ones who are starting off or like who has about a year, year and a half um, of experience, uh, they are the ones basically who come up with this question that, you know, hey, so, you know, the initial phase in any profession is extremely challenging to get the ball rolling, right? So uh, most of them end up asking this question that, you know, what were your challenges or struggles when you started off as a barber? Was it easy for you? Was it difficult? And like, what was your situation like?
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I I think just like anybody, like, like we can go back from, like, again, the days when I first started picking a pair of clippers, like it was hard because like I sucked and people knew I sucked cutting hair and people wouldn't allow me to cut their hair even like for five bucks. So I only had like a couple friends and like, it was kind of. I, rem- I remember just like cutting like some of my friend's hair, and I remember like some people like cause I, this was like when I was eighteen, so I was going to house parties and shit like that, and some people would be talking sly to me about like uh, like like oh yeah, like you just cut hair and shit like that, like oh oh yeah, let me get a haircut, let me go ahead like oh like kind of making sly comments like as if like I would never get my shit cut by you, right? So there's like a lot of like doubt and people who hate and kind of throw shade, especially like when you're younger. Um, I think when when the bit the next biggest struggle for me came when. I had to make a decision of, like, what direction I was going to go in. I mean, I I went to community college to play baseball. That didn't work out, right? Um, And so I was going to community college. I stopped playing baseball. still in school. But I'm like, I I don't really want to go to school. I only came here to play baseball. What the fuck am I going to do with my life? And I'm like, it was kind of a weird sense because I wasn't, like, so sold on like the barbering thing. I was like, I just cut hair, right? Like kind of do it. Yeah. Like I really just started cutting hair just to like keep myself fresh. And, and it, like it was kind of making me money. I was also working as a valet. And I think it was like, it, I, like, I wasn't completely sold on going into it. I was kind of just like, like my parents honestly told me, they like when I, when I told them I'm not going back to school after uh, the December, after like the, the winter um, session, I was like, I'm not going back to school. They're like, cool. Well, if you're going to live here, um, you need to be doing something because you are not actually to be working valet. They, they wanted me to like, to like work towards something. I think that's also why it's instilled mm-hmm. in me not be comfortable because they're like, you can't just work a valet job and be dead end. Like we're not accepting that. Like you have to do something. And I was like, fuck. All right. Well, I got, I, I need a place to live. Like, let me go ahead and like got barbering. So I literally went down to the barber school and uh, just kind of signed. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Honestly, I think I was like kind of mm-hmm. hard. There's a picture, honestly, of my first day of barber school that like I use a lot. Um, and my mom took it. Thank God she took it. But you can see, like, I was so like, I wasn't like very confident in myself and like even doing this thing. I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing here? Right. Yeah. And like, I think that was very hard for me because like, it was, it was a mental battle because I had one, like it literally, my life changed in like a month. One, in one sense, I was, I was like, Oh, I'm going to go to like, I'm going to play baseball. I'm going to continue pushing. I got this plan. Like I thought I was going to go to the big leagues. And then the next month I'm standing in front of barber school with my thing. I'm like, what the fuck happened to me, bro? Right. So that was like super hard. just as like a confidence thing. Cause then I'm all around these people who just, all they do is smoke. Like the barber, the barber school teacher literally was just smoking weed with the students all day long. And I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? This is like, these are barbers. Like, come on, man. Right. And uh, that was super hard, and I think again too. Like, there's a couple other points. When I first, around that time, this is a very fucking dumb decision. Around that time, I was working valet, so I was making some money. I was had some money saved up, and me and my friends had the bright idea of like, you know what? We're fucking young. We're making money. Let's move out. So while I was in barber school, I decided to move out with three three friends. What happened was during that time frame, um, one of the guys, and it was it wasn't like three. It was one of my buddies and his cousin. My buddy's cousin it like, it was like the fourth or fifth day into moving. He staged a break in cause he basically robbed us. So he staged a break mm-hmm. in the house, which was crazy. Cause I remember coming home and everything was like, there was windows broken. Things were flipped over. Cash was taken. Like, and it was like the person who got in knew exactly where shit was at. And me and my buddy were knew, We're like, this is kind of fishy. And the guy like his cousin, he didn't really trust a lot. And so we were just like, mm-hmm. this is kind of interesting. Um, but with that, like, I had most of my, my money in cash, like, for rent. By the way, like, like we were already behind on rent in that month one because, like, the people, like, didn't tell us when rent was due. So we're already, like, behind on rent. So now I have all my money, like, t- we have all of our money taken out. I'm in barber school. I'm barely making a minimum wage, maybe making, like, again, to maybe 500 800 bucks 800 a month, do work in ballet. Dude, that was some of the hardest times because, again, too, that whole year I was just behind the eight ball of, like, I'm just trying to make as much money. There was a time, dude, where I couldn't even fucking buy a fucking dollar menu item off Taco Bell. I remember my buddy took me out to Taco Bell one night after we got done working ballet. He's like, Oh dude, you want something? I'm like, dude, I literally don't have any money to buy anything. And I was so hungry. Cause <laughs> I just kind of I Literally, I think I was like only eating like one meal a day. And he was like, dude, don't even trip. I got you. And he, he like paid for like a couple like burritos or something. I was so thankful for that. Wow. But that, that time period of my life was so difficult, man, because like, I, again, too, it was so much happened in a tight time frame. I thought I was going to like, again, playing baseball, completely switched up to now I'm like, fuck, is this the thing I'm going to do now? To then I make a decision to move out to now I fail in that. And I'm absolutely like in the slums of just like, dude, I can barely make rent, barely eating. I'm stressed out every fucking day trying to make it happen. And I just remember that whole year with like the whole first year was just so difficult. Cause then after that, like I, thankfully I graduated barber school in like two months, they did some illegal shit. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I basically paid them like 3,500, like, cool. You get out of here in two months, you get in barbershop. Like, good. I'm I'm up for that. So I'm thinking once I get into a barbershop, I'm going to be finally making money. I only got to survive like two months of this and I'm good. Right. We go into a barbershop. It's a brand new barbershop. Literally the first day I make a hundred bucks. I'm like, hold, dude, I made a hundred fucking bucks. Dude, I'm fucking balling. I go to fucking Walmart. I spend every last dime of that. So I'm like, I got to get food, bro. I'm I'm making another hundred tomorrow. That next day, I think I only made 16 bucks. The day after that, I think I made like 32 bucks, right? And so like, it was a brand new shop, zero walk-ins. We were all new barbers. So nobody really had like clientele like that. And I just remember we would like, dude, these were summer days for about six months. We would like literally all six of us in the shop, we would clo- like we would have, we'd be in the shop sitting in the barber chairs and just watching Netflix for eight hours. And maybe one walk-in would come in and we're just waiting. there. like, dude, this fucking blows, <laughs> right? Like I got rent to make, I'm stressed out. So like, it was a-, a lot of like, it was a lot of hardships to get the thing popping. And that was like into my m- mentality back then it was like, I just need to get booked out. Please get me booked out as a barber. Then again, two, six months later, I got booked out. I'm like, Oh my God, this shit sucks. Cause now I'm working five days out of the week. My back hurts and like I'm booked out. Yeah. But like now I'm only making like in three, maybe 4k a month and I have no clue how to go up even further. We're charging 16 bucks. I'm like, dude, this thing sucks now. I'm like, I I don't know what's worse. Like I, I, like I have some money, but now I don't have a life. But before I could have like all the free time I want. It was a lot of just like early mistakes, man. Um, I think th- those especially early on, the next biggest i guess difficult moment that came up for me um, was so I, I I worked in that shop for two years right and that, that was that was when I was very very in a very depressive state because again we only went from sixteen to twenty bucks, and that was it, and everybody's kind of like into doing the same stuff, drinking, I really had no purpose in life I, I tried going back to like community college, I was thinking about starting up another business, I started coaching high school baseball i'm like trying to figure out like is like I mean, at this point, I'm doubting barbering. I'm trying to find a different avenue, right? Um, But then when I decided to move shops, right, from that barbershop to a barbershop in downtown Sacramento, and I decided to push my business forward, that was kind of a very hard time for me too, because all of my friends, quote unquote, the time at that shop, were all kind of like, not hating, but kind of throwing shade. Like, who does this guy think he is? Who does he think he is putting himself on the, oh, he thinks like some social media barber. Oh, he thinks he's going to charge and that's not going to work over there. Right. Like, ah, uh, we'll see. Like, you know, kind of like throwing like little sly remarks. And to me, that was like hard. Cause like, I know I'm like, a, I'm a very brash guy, but if I create a relationship with somebody and like, they kind of talk to me like that, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, anybody gets hurt. Right. And it was very hurtful for me yep. at the time. Cause I felt these people, I, I wanted to see them win. And then to, for them to mm-hmm. say that to me when I wanted to push my life forward was like, damn, I, I thought we had like a better relationship with that. And that kind of fucked with me for a little bit. And, you know, I kind of it kind of made me not want to take too much action because I was in my head. Eventually got over that. Um, but I think just going in, in, in like those – I think that's like a lot of barbers when they first start out have similar stories. Yeah. That's kind of just been like – I know it's a, it's a lot everywhere, but that's kind of like, again, to like my struggles I had to go through as a barber. There's, there's probably others as well, too. I mean we, we can throw in there again, too. My dad passed away at 21 years old, right? And I remember – he passed away on a Friday morning and obviously took Friday, Saturday off. I was back in the shop Tuesday, booked out just working, trying to like numb out that pain and kind of like push all my emotions to the side. That was a very difficult moment for me too. Um, Cause I remember literally like for about a month, man, like anything that would happen like in the shop that would remind me of that situation. I mean like, you know, barbers will be like, Oh, like mid cut. Oh, let me go to the back. Just got to go to the, take a leak real quick. Let me go to the bathroom. I would do that to go cry in the bathroom. Right, if I saw like a, a someone who resembled my dad walk into the barber mm-hmm. shop, I would literally—I feel myself get so emotional. I'm like, I can—I'm not going to be able to hold it together. I'm like, I to go to the bathroom. I just run to the bathroom, cry, like, kind of get myself out, uh, like, get it out in the bathroom. Come back and like, nothing happened. Like, oh, okay, cool, dude. Like, oh, dude, what you going to do this weekend? Right. Try to put up like this, mm-hmm. like this front. Um, I also remember just anything that like triggered me it could be a song. Um, It could be even somebody that I'm like talking to, they they just talk about something. I I just excuse myself from the bathroom. And like, I remember I just started isolating myself a lot around that time too. Like, I remember just taking a lot of long drives at night, just really questioning like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Like, where's my head at overall? And that was a very difficult time for myself as well too, especially trying to run a business. Again, I have no direction lost a father, lost some, lost somebody who I looked at at the moment in time, who was at least like somebody who could guide me and give me direction. And I'm like, fuck, I'm all Mm -hmm. out here by myself. What the fuck am I Like, what am I supposed to do now? It was kind of like a very trying moment for me. Um, I think it was, it was one of the better things that happened for my experience at least because like it allowed me to understand and and develop in myself how to kind of be self-sufficient and like move in direction without like asking you know, for guidance on things, kind of figuring things out on your own, being adaptable. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, uh, I know a this lot. is something that I always, yep. Yeah, this is something that, see, I, uh, everybody knows, uh, what you do, how you help barbers scale their business. But you know, these are the stories that actually like is, I felt like, you know, was missing. Because even uh, as a fresh barber, they like your content and everything, but they always keep wondering, like, you know, did you also go through the same um, struggles and challenges that they're currently going through or like things were easier for you? And there's no easy way to say this, but it looks like even you had a pretty shitty time, you know, uh, basically coming up. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that I always wanted, like all the barbers out there to know that.
0: Yeah, I think there's so much more like, you know, when, when I got robbed, right? When, when the, the cousin robbed us and we like, again, too, we didn't know for maybe about a month, right? But <laughs> I remember like me and my buddies were so embarrassed that we didn't even tell our parents, right? So we're 19 years old, moved out, we're dead broke and we're so embarrassed. We're like, we can't look like we just fucked up to our parents. <laughs> so we're like, we have to like yeah. keep it quiet and we couldn't tell anybody, right? So, like, we, we had this thing that happened, and then it, 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 didn't, it didn't really start, like, we didn't tell them until we realized that the cousin was the one who set everything up and stole our stuff. And the reason how we found this out, he was kind of a dumb fuck mm-hmm. about this. So, like, he stole, like, my Beats headphones. He stole, like, my, my, uh, my buddy's TV. So, like, a couple of weeks later, he starts popping up. Oh, by the way, I just bought a new TV, right? But he didn't have <laughs> the remote with it. And he's like, oh, because uh, my buddy's name was Jr. He's like, Junior, do you have like, do you still have the remote? I think it's the same TV like type. And we're like, yeah. And then so, and then he popped up with, he's like, he called me. He's like, hey, my buddy's got like uh, some, some Beats headphones. Like, do you want, do you want a pair? I'm like, uh, I don't have any money to buy. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to cop some right now. He cops like the Beats headphones. I'm like, man, those look familiar, right? And so but, like at this time, we thought he was still like cool with us, right? So we're like, nah, nah, that can't be it. That can't be it, right? But like we we have these hundred, we're like, man, this this thing's looking too fishy, and so we'd always go to the gym at like midnight and shit like that. And like I think one time he went to the gym, but we didn't mm-hmm. go, and uh, I, he left his like he left his like bathroom window open. Cause he probably took a shit and wanted to air it out, right? And he we mm-hmm. always we all always locked our doors, because um, like it was a privacy thing. And so we're like, okay. This is our only opportunity to find out what's going on, and like we all we all planned it up to that point. We're like, everybody grab the serial numbers. Like I grabbed the serial number of like my uh, what's it called my headphones and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Junior grabbed the serial number from the TV. So we're like, all right, we're gonna check the serial numbers because we if this guy stole our shit, we have to kick him out. If not, then we just have to live with it, right? Like okay, like at least that's off the table. So my buddy like somehow climbs through like the small ass window, goes into his room. We open up the door. And we're trying to, like, okay, cool. We're trying to find this shit. So we get the, we get the TV. We're trying to, like, find the, the, the serial code. We open up the closet. And lo and behold, literally everything we, like, got stolen that was right there. So, like, I had an Xbox 360 that got stolen. There was, like, other money and, like, valuables that got. It was all in, like, a bucket. And we're, like, oh, my God. All the serial numbers matched up and everything like that. And uh, we had to get, like, we had to get like uh, uh, my, my cousin or not my cousin's my, uh, my buddy's cousin or I think it was his uncle because um, he was a cop to come in and intervene and kick the guy out and the guy was like denying it he was like I was just trying like he, he basically he was trying to tell us that like um he found the shit on the side of the road and didn't know what to do so he <laughs> brought it back home I'm like what a dumb story man like do you really think we're gonna believe that right so yeah it was I, I just remember, like, I had, I had really big trust issues with people from that moment on. Because, again, dude, this is somebody that, again, to I, I created a relationship with, created a friendship with, thought we were close, yeah. and then kind of did that. And I was like, oh, I, I was, yeah, I was scarred. I, I had a hard time trusting anybody. <laughs> it's probably, like, why still? I have, like, a, a hard, not a hard time trusting people, but I have a hard time, like, somebody new comes in my, in my circle, I'm very, I'm always analyzing, them, like, their motives. Because, like, I've just had that happen. I'm like, what are you kind of trying to do right here, right? Because, again, to he put up yeah. a good cool old front. <laughs> you put up a great yeah. front like everything was a okay but yeah that, that was an interesting one um i know we got a meeting uh coming up pretty soon because we, so we gotta wrap up why don't we go, like wrap up with like one more that we can both answer it right um
1: can you share okay um this is like off the top of my head uh, can you share some personal stories that has shaped you um it could be anything like as a or as a businessman or uh, sure
0: well, I, th- I think we just had a couple right there, right? I think, like, ob- I think um, in that time period, there was like a good three, three, three things that occurred, right? Number one, mm-hmm. I got cut from my community college baseball team. That was like one of the most pivotal things in my life because I thought like everything was going to be hunky dory. I had a plan and there was no way this plan wasn't going to work. And that was the first time in life where, like, you know, I thought I was like, man, this is going to happen. And it didn't. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. just because I have conviction and belief in myself doesn't mean this thing's going to happen automatically. I have to back it up with action because what happened was, yes, I have high belief in myself, confidence, but the action of like training. Of like taking every single day, pushing myself to its limits, not taking days off, not being lazy. I was smoking a lot of weed at the time, so not being like into doing these vices. It taught me so many great lessons of like you can have a high goal. You can have all the confidence in the world, but if you're not doing the correct things on a day-to-day basis, they're not going to happen. It does not matter, and getting that taken away from me, it was like one of the most gut-wrenching things, one of the most embarrassing things I had happen to me at that young of an age, Um, and that Mm -hmm. shaped me into just understanding, number one, that if I have a goal, why it's, why it's so vital every single day to push and like not take a day off because I never wanted to feel that embarrassment. I never want to feel that pain. I never want to feel that let down again. And I also know that can happen unless I actually ensure that it doesn't happen through my actions. Right. The second thing was kind of what we talked about, like the break-in, like, you know, not trusting people kind of like like I, I was, I, I, I was always, uh, when I was growing up, uh, everybody always told me I trust people very easily. Right. I'm very too trustworthy. And that's when it really bit me in the back. Right. And so from that moment on, I started like really analyzing people, what are their motives? Why are they here? Like, again, to really made me understand everybody's only here, like living in their own best self-interest. They're not here again to, cause like we're all buddy buddies at the end of the day, everybody has a motive. So I'm always trying to read what's that motive. And like, is this aligned with myself or should I push him back like, again to like kind of remove myself from the situation, help me read people a little bit better, which I think helped me like, overall, like be a better leader, be a better team member overall. Um, I think the third thing of course is like, um, you know, my dad passing away. I think that was such a gift in itself. It was a big pain and a big hurt, but I, I truly believe that like no man can, can really go off on their own and like, learn how to be self-sufficient until they lose their father. And I know it's very dark, but again, too, there's always like this, like you're always going to have like this, like safety net of like your parent or your dad there. Right. And like when that's gone, it's like, number one, it, 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 it frightens you. Cause now it's like, I have no clue where to go. I have nowhere of guidance. I now have to search yep. guidance on my own and learn from myself. I can't be lazy. Right. Number yep. two, for me, it was very liberating. I didn't have to live in the shadow of a man I looked up to anymore. I didn't have to be what my dad, I thought what my dad wanted me to be, even though he'd never imposed that on me. I think every, every son has that of like, my dad has this vision of who I should be and I don't want to let him down in that. Right. And so I think that liberated me to be like, dude, I wouldn't have tattoos, piercings and like be acting like, you know, all, like who I am today. Like, because he won, he was always like very clean cut and I always wanted to make him proud. And I think when I lost him, I instead of making instead of my focal point of making my life making him proud, I wanted to make myself proud. And I think that was so vital in my growth overall, and like so vital in terms of a businessman of like, I I, I, I what what do I want? And I think I, I talked about this with my therapist as well too. Therapy is actually a good one, by the way. That's another key thing. But like I talked about as my therapist, I've I've learned this a lot over the last year, like. You shouldn't go never do, never do things that you think you should do, do things you want to do. And a lot of times we, th- we do things that we feel like we should do. I should do this because like, this is what a good son should be like. Instead of like, what do I want to do? Right. How do I want to show up for my parents? What's the relationship I want to have versus what, do, what should I think I do? Should is like an outside source. Wants is, in, is, is more interior. And so I think like learning those lessons as well too, um, while like, um, being labor- liberated, just again, to, like, to make myself proud, have been very impactful for myself. So, what about you? What's been like the biggest thing? Uh, like- I do
1: resonate, uh, yeah, I do resonate with a couple of things. Uh, when you mentioned about losing a dad, I did lose my dad when I was young. And obviously, like you don't have anyone to ask guidance from. Um, you can't ask for help, you know? It's like, either you get it done you keep striving and find a way to get it done so what i learned one thing was it's okay to ask help you know you you can't conquer the world on your own i can't run a company without uh hiring a team you know like i can't do it all by myself so um that is one thing that i learned the second thing was oh what you should do and what you want to do oh my god i i Always got lost in, like, you know, what am I supposed to be doing and what do I want to do? So, this constant conflict, I didn't know whether it was pleasing or whether this is what I actually wanted to do, you know, because mm-hmm. one thing you want approval, you want validation from your family members that, hey, I've become something, right? And the second thing is like, I want to do this, whether you accept it or not. But when you want to do something uh, and you, you basically like pursue after it, uh, and you become successful at it and also then your family supports you right but because this constant i don't know if it's the part if it's part of the nurturing process or like how i was basically brought up so um understanding like asking yourself like let it be a boss or let it be a colleague or like a partner or asking yourself like is this what i want to do and then making sure that yeah this is exactly what I want to do and then doing it makes a lot of sense Than like you know just pleasing or like just for their approval trying to like blend in or mold yourself into something that you're not and third would be like oh uh, I was not big on studies when I was small or uh, when I was young I never liked studying and I felt like I was not good at it but as I kept growing up uh, I actually realized that I'm not as dumb as I think I am, at least when I was yeah. young. So, yeah. and I like studying, you know, uh, it it actually helped me like changing feel. Uh, I'm sure that when you had this dream of like, getting, um, like going as a pro uh, baseball player and then changing that. And I saw that picture when you're standing with that suitcase kind of a thing, like shy and you know, like your shoulders like slouch. Um, it's similar, like, you know, having that courage to like change fields and still pursue what you want to pursue, even though it doesn't make sense right now, you're still going after it. Right. So, um, not stopping yourself from studying and educating every time to time, like that doesn't stop. Right. So that is something that has immensely helped me at least get to this point. And well, uh, never thought I would be part of this barber industry. And here I am. And you know what, uh, Daniel, personally, like, and genuinely, like I do enjoy working with barbers. I mean, where yeah. they come from, the kind of stories they have—it's like uh, meeting day-to-day people, you know. Yeah. It's—it's it's not like, whoa! I've never met these kind of people. Their struggles, their their, their problems, their happiness and their joy—the kind of things—it's very really, like ordinary, you know. And mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful in that sense. So yeah, working with them has like, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's even even more amazing too. Like. And just to even see like 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 them coming from like what they are before to like when we start working with private clients. and seeing seen that. I mean, you've seen growth in, in people that like you know when you first start coming. In, that's always the thing. I'm always like, man, that's so cool, right? It's it's always so amazing to see somebody like grow and really flourish and become like something that you know they can become, but they might not see it for themselves. Yep. But they kind of just push themselves a little bit more, a little bit more, and all of a sudden they just kind of flourish and open up. So, um, I know we got a meeting coming up, man, but like, look. For those of you listening in, first of all, Rohit, I appreciate you coming on. I know this is like a big, big, uh, uh, your, your this, like, oh, can I do it? Dude, you fucking killed this shit. If you guys uh, want Rohit back on bi-weekly, go ahead and uh, talk on some more topics, go ahead and feel free to go ahead and screenshot this and post it on, on your Instagram and that, uh, do give give a fucking hashtag, Rohit's the fucking man or some shit like that. <laughs> this is the guy. So other than that, y'all, uh, appreciate you guys listening in and we'll be back with another podcast very soon on the no bullshit podcast podcast. podcast.